Thanks, Josh. It's good to be together, isn't it? Why is it good to be together? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we come together? I was really encouraged um, hearing some of the results of the survey. And I don't know, what was the word that stood out to you on that little word map? What was the one word that really stood out to you? Prayer? Prayer? Yeah, anything else? Sorry? Fellowship. Community, I think, was the word that was there that I thought was the biggest one, I'm not sure, or people. But I thought that was just so encouraging to see that we know and value being community together. And when we come to prayer and think about what prayer is, I want to spend a little bit of time reflecting um, as the the teacher or the elders um, have set the teaching program of looking at some principles and some practical things that we can learn from Jesus' life about prayer. Prayer's a challenging topic, isn't it? I don't know whether you struggle with it. I certainly do. So often it's easier to talk about prayer, isn't it, than to actually do it. And, yeah, maybe we decide that we're going to improve our prayer life and we say, yes, we'll regularly pray. I'll get up early or... I'll make sure that I pray every time before I go to bed and we start well and then sadly other things come in and we perhaps don't do it as well as we'd like to and we get disappointed and sometimes we say, well, why pray? It doesn't really make any difference. Nothing seems to be changing in our lives. Why bother? Or maybe we think we've got it all together and we've been really consistent in our quiet time and Yes, we do that well and, yeah, and I do remember to pray for all our missionaries and we think we've got it together, but if we think that, we've probably missed the point of prayer and what prayer is really all about. So as we reflect together, why do you think Jesus prayed? I don't know that it's a question I've spent much time thinking about. Why did Jesus pray? There's probably three things that I think that um, stand out to me. One is that he prayed as an example for his followers. What we have (coughs) recorded in the Gospels, excuse me, (coughs) what we have recorded in the Gospels is Jesus interacting particularly with his disciples. He's a rabbi and he's got a group of disciples that follow around with him, observing everything that he does. And one of the key things that he is doing as a rabbi is setting an example for them. And so he prays so that they might see the importance and the value of prayer. Secondly, in his humanity, he was a Jewish man. And if you were a Jewish man, you prayed. That was what you did. That was a key part of your upbringing to know the scriptures and to pray. But the third thing is is that as divine, he is part of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And indeed, because they were one, they communicated, they interacted together. In actual fact, if you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you want to define who God is, It's been said that you could define God as relationship. When God says, 
let us make man in our own image. Let us. He's talking about the Trinity, isn't he? Father, Son and Holy Spirit together. One God, three persons, but they communicate, don't they? They're connected. Their relationship. And so there's four things that I'd like us to um, reflect on this morning. When it comes to prayer and the life of Christ, we could spend many, many weeks exploring all that there is to learn about Jesus and his prayer life and how that impacts on us. And I certainly couldn't do it justice. But I want us this morning just to reflect on on four key points. And it's an acrostic, okay? I thought it was appropriate to help you remember. So at the end, you'll be able to remember this. Pray, how do we spell pray? P-R-A-Y, okay? So my first point is going to be prayer is about a personal relationship with God, okay? It's personal, okay? R stands for real. Prayer is always based on a real understanding of who God is, okay? The third one is A, is always. We should always pray, Jesus said, and never give up. Always. What does that actually mean? We'll think about that. And the fourth one is why. We always pray, Jesus taught us, your will be done. Your will be done. Okay, so if we remember nothing else as you reflect and think about prayer and uh, as you've been reminded from the survey that prayer is important and what are some of the things you can do, remember these four things. P stands for? Personal relationship. R stands for? A real understanding, a real understanding of who God is, yes. A stands for? Yeah, always. And Y stands for? Your will be done. We'll check it out at the end to see if we've remembered something so that you can take something away that God's Holy Spirit can continue to work on. So if we think about this personal relationship, that the principle that Jesus teaches for us is that prayer is not so much doing something, but prayer is a personal relationship with God. It's a transforming friendship. Some of the early church fathers said, God is friendship. And as we pray, what we're doing is developing a friendship with the living God that actually changes us. It's not so much about changing God, It changes us. So what did Jesus teach in this regard? We know about Matthew 22 and verse 37 where Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbour as yourself. So if we're going to have a transforming relationship with God, we must, by definition, have a genuine interaction with our fellow believers. How can we understand and know and communicate with someone we can't see if we can't communicate and interact with the people that we can see? Here's the challenge. If we find it 
difficult to form deep and lasting relationships, then we're going to find it really, really difficult to form a deep understanding and a deep relationship with the living God. And in that first reading we read, Jesus, in the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray, what's the first word? Our. So the first and foremost thing that in this model prayer is that we do it together as community. Sure, Jesus talked about praying by ourselves and in our closet, but the prayer that he taught, the first and foremost thing for us to understand is that God is relationship, that he is personal, that he's our Heavenly Father, together. And so for us to be able to understand and pray to God, we need to have an appreciation and an understanding of our relationship with each other. Does that make sense? John says, how can I say that I love God and yet hate my brother? You see, we think that we can know God. We think that somehow that that is separate from our relationships with each other. And so we say, yeah, everything's going fine with my relationship with God, but I'm not getting on with you. Jesus says, through John, that if we're not getting on with each other, we're not getting on with God. So the first and foremost thing about prayer is that it is about a transforming relationship that we have with each other and with God. What was Jesus' practice in this regard of demonstrating that prayer was a personal relationship? John 10 and verse 30, he said, I am the Father of one. He said to Philip in John 14, he that's seen me has seen the Father. And Jesus, as you read through the Gospels, spent an inordinate amount of time in prayer, both by himself and with others. In Luke 15 and verse 6, in Luke 5 and verse 16, Jesus withdrew alone to pray. Matthew 14:23, he went up to the mountain to pray alone. Luke 6 and 12, he spent the whole night in prayer. Even when he was just a young lad, he said to those church leaders, mustn't I be about my father's business? Even as a young boy. And he was passionate and engaged in prayer. In Gethsemane, it was no, I've just got to pray. He was totally involved. His sweat became like great drops of blood. What about just before he prayed to raise Lazarus from the dead? It says that he wept, that he was heartfelt in his relationship with God. What did he say to his disciples when the little children came? Let them come. I want to talk with them. I want to spend time with them. And what about when he cleared the temple in John chapter 2? He said, you've made my father's house, which should be a house of prayer, into a den of robbers. He was engaged 
He was passionate. His relationship with God and the way that he communicated, he was totally involved. It was part of his life. So for you and I, what's the practical ramifications of this first key point as we come to think about prayer? Can I encourage you, not that prayer isn't praying through a list of prayer points, but primarily prayer is not something we do, but it is friendship with the living God. It's friendship with Jesus. And so the practical aspect is is that as we do in developing a friendship, what do we do? We spend time together. We communicate. We share life. We reflect. We read. We sing. We meditate. All of these things we do together, don't we, to build our relationships. So it's those things that we do to build our relationship with God. If you've got a close friend, what are the things that you do? You go out for coffee. You might sit and read together. You might listen to music together. You might go for a drive together. You might go and watch the footy together. You might talk cars together. You might go and sit and watch Bathurst this afternoon and see the Holdens win over Fords as they always do. No, indeed. You don't sit there and think, oh, oh, I've got to talk to her or to him. It just happens, doesn't it? It just happens. Do you wake up in the morning and make an appointment with your wife or your husband to have a conversation with them? Yeah, some say that you do and you need to. Maybe that's the case. But, you know, often you can be really communicating together when you're not talking, aren't you? You see, so prayer isn't having to talk. It's about developing that friendship together with our Heavenly Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ. So, practical aspects. Have you ever had a coffee with Jesus? We sang a song, didn't we? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. How do we turn our eyes upon Jesus? Did we turn and look at the screen and we saw Jesus? Did we have to have a wooden cross that Pat wanted so that we could see Jesus? No. Jesus teaches us that we see him in a lot of things, but primarily in each other's eyes. So when you sit and have a coffee this week with your friend who is a believer, Look into each other's face and see Jesus and talk about Jesus. And if you're listening to music together and you love music, listen to some music that reflects on Jesus together. You see, that's what prayer is. Prayer primarily is a transforming relationship with God that we experience primarily through other believers. So can I encourage you to think about what you do as a church in encouraging people to be together to talk about Jesus, to reflect on Jesus together. And so many other things will happen. With your friends, you don't sit down and have to make a list to say, well, we want to spend time together this year, so what will we do? 
It's a given that you're going to spend time together. And it just so happens that whenever the opportunities come up, you'll go and do that together. I've got some tickets for this. Let's go together. Let's see our relationship in prayer with Jesus so much more of just taking all of those opportunities that we naturally would to get to know Jesus better. Secondly, Jesus teaches us that prayer must be based fundamentally on a real understanding of who God is as he's revealed himself to us through his word. Isn't it interesting that Jesus prayed in John 17 that the way God the Father you've revealed yourself to me and given me words to say I've passed them on and I've given them to my disciples. You see, and Jesus teaches us that God is our Father. He teaches us that he's our provider. In Matthew 7, if you continue on in the Sermon on the Mount, if you know how to give each other good gifts, won't your heavenly Father give you even better gifts? He teaches us that he's a seeking Father. In the parable of the the prodigal son in Luke 15, the Father is longing to have relationship with us and he's looking out for us and he's seeking us and he's wanting to reconnect with us. He cares for us. Matthew 6 and 25, don't be anxious about anything. And then Paul says, don't be anxious and in everything with prayer and petition. You know, sometimes we think, don't we, that prayer is just a list of things that we ask God for. Let's pray, okay? And it tends to focus on us, the things that we want. Jesus teaches us that prayer is not so much about asking God, even though that's important, and he says to ask God as our Father. But if that's all we ever did in a relationship, it would be a pretty pretty poor relationship, wouldn't it? No, indeed. We rely on God as the one who is our provider. And he's not willing that any should perish. And so Jesus says, pray in Matthew 9.38, just let the Lord of the harvest to send workers. And so Liz has been serving and she's continuing to. But did you know that he's called you to where you are right now to serve, as it were, in the mission field, at work, in the play group, down the street, wherever it might be, the place that he has placed you is your mission field to be able to share the love of Jesus. And Jesus knew the word of God and he quoted it when he got into strife, didn't he? Well, he wasn't in strife, but there in the uh, temptation in Matthew 4, he quoted scripture, didn't he? Think about that. Was Satan a physical person there talking to Jesus? You've seen the movies. Was he portrayed as a snake? Was he portrayed as an angel? Or was it just a voice in Jesus' head? Where Satan was talking to him, just like he talks to you and I. 
and tempts us to do the wrong thing. So Jesus was praying when he quoted scripture back to Satan. He was praying scripture to overcome temptation. So what was Jesus' practice? In John 11, verse 41, just before he prayed that Lazarus would rise from the dead, he said, Father, you always hear me. Thank you for hearing me. He knew his heavenly Father. On the cross, he prayed scripture in his time of deepest need. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet he knew his relationship with God was intimate. In John 17, we read that we're one. And I pray that we might be one just as he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. You know, what's the application? What's the practical takeaway? The practical application is is that we need to know God through the Bible. Oh, I can pray. It's okay. No, no, I can just talk to God. But... What God are you talking to? Are you talking to a God who thinks that suicide is okay and taking out the lives of other people? There's plenty of people who pray to a God like that. Or is it that he is just so transcendent that we just meditate and empty our minds and that that's okay, that's that's real prayer? And there's lots of that that's happening today. No, Jesus teaches us that we need to know that God is sovereign, that God is our provider, that God is the one who's in control and we need to understand the God that answers all our if questions. If God's a God of love, why is Hurricane Matthew destroying so many people at the moment? What's our answer? To pray more? Well, yes, it is, but it's to pray to a God that we know is in control, that is sovereign, and that we understand that sin has its impacts, not only on people, but on creation itself. So can I encourage us that Jesus teaches us that prayer is always to a God who we know and understand is revealed to us in his word. So what do we need to do? Prayer is reading God's word. Prayer is praying the prayers of scripture. Prayer is following along with Moses as he prays, with Solomon as he prays, as David through the Psalms as he prays, with Jesus as he prays, with the apostles as they pray. No, indeed. We need to acknowledge our dependence on a living God that's been revealed to us in the scripture. I have a friend who's been providing support to a missionary who came home from the mission field because his wife had a terminal illness and she's passed away 
And he had other supposed godly friends that were telling him that if he had prayed more effectively, his wife wouldn't have died. And really, if your relationship with God was right, then your wife wouldn't have died. And it was messing with his head. And my friend had to spend time going through the process of just reminding him of who God is and who is the God that we pray to. You see, it's really important in whatever situation that we're experiencing, before we ask God for something, that we acknowledge and we give him thanks for who he is and the way that he's at work in our lives. The third thing is the principle that Jesus taught that we should always pray and never give up. Luke 18 and verse 1, he told the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. And the widow, through her persistence, kept coming back to the judge and asking for justice. And because of her persistence, she finally was given justice. And Jesus says we always ought to pray and don't give up. And Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. So what does that mean? We always keep talking out loud or in our head that we're always walking around and, and um, saying, yep, we're praying. It goes back to point one, doesn't it? It's about our relationship with Jesus and not giving up on our relationship with him. What was Jesus' practice as he demonstrated this to his followers? Followers, You know, the classic was in Gethsemane. Three times he prayed. If it be possible, take this cup away. And it's interesting, in Hebrews, there's a reflection on this in chapter 5 and verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Was he? Well, of course he was heard, but he still died, didn't he? What does that mean? The interpretation is, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. I believe that's a direct reflection on Jesus' prayer at Gethsemane. Jesus persevered. And it's interesting. We say, look unto Jesus as our example and our enabler. Hebrews 12 and 1 through to 3 talks about looking unto Jesus and says to the Hebrews, don't give up because you haven't resisted to the point of shedding your blood yet. You're not dead. Jesus didn't give up, he went to the cross. If you're thinking about giving up, if you're in a situation that you think, no, God just can't work in this situation, I've had enough. I've been praying for my unsaved family for years and nothing's happened, I'm going to give up. This illness just won't go away. This relationship problem just won't go away, I'll give up. And Jesus tells us, Always, always pray and never, never give up until you're dead. You haven't yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So, what's the application? 
sometimes in the situations that we're in, we can't pray. We, we just don't know what to pray. And we need others to pray on our behalf. So it comes back to point one again. It's not just say to someone, oh, you need to pray about that. And it's not just saying, oh, I'll pray with you about that. True prayer is coming alongside that person and putting your arm around them and without even asking them, providing them with that meal or taking them to that appointment or just sitting as they cry and weep over a family member that's just gone away from the Lord. It's about the practical application of relationship together as we pray and experience God's transforming power in our lives. And the final point is that we pray your will be done. The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 5 that we read. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What was Jesus' practice? He did just that, didn't he? In the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to be separated from you. But not my will, but yours be done. You know, we don't pray to inform God of the situation. God already knows. No, prayer doesn't so much change God as it changes us. As we acknowledge our dependence on God and as we seek to understand his agenda, not ours, we need to recognise his power at work in our lives. We don't want the difficulties in life, do we? And how often are our prayers about, Lord, make my life better? Help me get well. Fix that relationship. Sort out this job. Make things comfortable for me. God wants us to pray about all those things. God in his graciousness does answer those prayers and he does heal. But I've not seen too many people that Jesus has been rising, raising from the dead lately. Not that that doesn't happen. But it's not the norm, is it? It's appointed under man once to die. We're going to die. And yet we get all upset about being sick. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. But you see, we're taught to pray, not my will, but yours be done as we align our will with his. Paul, three times he prayed to have that thorn removed. Three times God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. What's the situation that you're facing at the moment that you desperately, desperately want to change? Are we able to pray in that situation, Lord, this is what I want, but not my will, but yours be done. Because the primary work that you're doing in my life through prayer is transforming my life so that I'll become like Jesus. 
Colossians 3.10, we're being renewed every day in the image of our Creator. I was thinking about Acts, those early believers. James was put in prison, had his head taken off. Peter was put in prison and he was miraculously miraculously rescued. Which one had the closest relationship with God? Which one was in God's will more than the other? Some of us are really well. Some of us are really sick. Maybe a terminal illness. Which one of us is most in the will of God? You see, as we pray, we come to understand who God is and we experience his transforming life within our lives to make us more like Jesus. So as we conclude, very simple, just a very small glimpse of some of the principles and the practice of Jesus in regard to prayer. Remind me together though, what are they? The P stands for? It's a personal relationship with Jesus. What does the R stand for? A real understanding of God as it's been revealed to us through his word. What's the A stand for? And never, never give up. And Y stands for? Your will be done. Heavenly Father, we come to you as our transforming friend. Father, like the disciples, we long to know how to pray. But more importantly, thank you that Jesus taught us that prayer is a transforming friendship with you. Father, based on a true understanding, a real understanding of who you are, Father, give us a love for your word to get to know and understand you as our Father. And Father, help us to always pray and never give up, to always through the power that comes through you and your grace to maintain that relationship with you. And Father, help us to align our will with yours as we pray your will be done. Lord, transform us this week through each other as we look into each other's eyes and seek to see Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.